Hello, 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 Spin Sisters. This is Jane Van Brunt, the host of the Dear Spin Sisters podcast, where we talk about real women and their stories, where they came from, and we talk about some of the hard things around what's going on these days, more specifically about healthcare. I'm a nurse, and I've been a nurse for more than 35 years, and I have never seen things as scary or messed up as they are right now. So I'm going to spend this episode talking about what I've done in the last few months to get clear on where I'm headed in 2022. So in October, I joined a BizFun course with a woman who had helped me write a book, Angela Loria. She runs the Author Incubator out of Washington, D.C., and she helps men and women write books to make a difference. My first experience with Angela got me to the publication of The Nightingale Gene, which was published in 2018. Writing the book was a very interesting experience, and I was definitely a fish out of water. But Angela taught me a lot about standing in my true feminine power, not living small, speaking up, all of those things that in my generation we were taught not to do. We were taught to be good girls, to not speak up, to look pleasing, and to be grateful for anything that we were given. And Angela was a very strong woman who cussed a lot. I was fairly taken aback by how in her own skin she was and how willing she was to say and do whatever she wanted. So my first experience was a wake-up call for me. I got through writing the book and really loved the experience of researching nurses, of Uh, looking at what was happening in nursing at a time when we were just barely headed into a crisis around the retirement of more than a million nurses in the United States. And with that, the number of nurses that were leaving the profession from a very young age, after only in some cases two years, the combination of retirement and nurses leaving the profession was becoming a pretty serious crisis that was headed towards us in about 2020. So little did I know at the time when I wrote the book that we would be headed into the pandemic and to a crisis like healthcare had never seen. Many of you know that the nursing profession accounts for more than 80% of the healthcare industry. And if, in fact, people, women and men, decided not to go into the profession, we would be in a situation where hospitals would crumble and where there wouldn't be people to take care of the very sick. We already knew that was going to happen or expected that to happen in 2021 without the pandemic. But with the pandemic, the numbers of nurses that left the profession for any number of reasons were exponentially higher than what we expected. And we are, in fact, now in the middle of a crisis. Why did I go back to Angela in October? She did a great job marketing, and I was concerned about what was happening in my own profession, but also in a job that I had taken in an oncology setting where Nurses were not only specialized in cancer treatment, but were also extremely unhappy and were seeking unionizing at the time. And we fought that battle in September and October, got through that by taking a look at what it would take to see a middle ground and to improve the not only the environment and the working conditions, but also the nurses' salaries. So this was a good example of what 
some hospitals are doing and what others are ignoring about what it takes to keep nurses somewhat satisfied and feeling safe. So BizFun program was all around starting a business that was directly related to what I was doing with the book. And that was healthcare consulting and nurse coaching to empower nurses to think and act as self-employed professionals, entrepreneurs, really giving them the belief and the empowerment that they could speak and negotiate on their own behalf at a time when supply and demand was a significant issue. The calling was not going away. I that thought about it all the time. I wanted to do something about it. I felt like because of what I had been given at a young age, the ability to go into nursing school, being a very poor, small town girl, uh, I was always very grateful for what the profession had given me. But I was also kind of disgusted with the ongoing treatment of nurses, especially women in that profession. And also the fact that we hadn't really gotten that far from the early 80s when nurses felt like they needed to unionize to be heard. So I went back to school to learn enough about running a business, my own business, coaching nurses to start their own businesses and to look at ways that they could be empowered to do what they wanted to do, make more money and not kill their bodies and work so hard that they were burned out and wanting to leave the profession. So lo and behold, I finished the program, I graduated, and I will post a graduation picture of uh, the program. And I was very proud of hitting the end of the eight-week program and having committed and done all of the steps that were in the program to complete it. One of the things that we're doing now as I'm continuing an ongoing Project Greenlight, it's called an ongoing program where I'm going to launch this business and train other nurses to be coaches themselves. One of our projects is to come up with a plan every day, a plan to post and to create content and to talk about me and to be out there in social media talking about myself. And that is a very scary, hard thing. But I figure if I'm expecting other nurses to take a step up and, and take a stand for what they believe in, I need to be brave enough to do the same thing myself and to support them in this journey. My own journey has been long and I would say it's been over a 10-year period where I first started to believe that, to believe and to know that I needed to do something different in my life, that I wasn't living the life that I intended or that was planned for me and that there was way more to the purpose that I had on this earth than what I had been doing. So all scary, but all really great. And recently I posted kind of how did I come up with what I stand for? What is my brand. I have a, a class in my eight-week program that talks about a brand new you or branding yourself. And that's really about coming to terms with what you stand for, who you are in the world, why you're here, what your purpose is, how much of a legacy do you want to leave behind for others? Are you happy to continue working on a unit at night, working hard, going home to sleep? Or is there something deep down that keeps calling to you that you are meant to do more? I was happy uh, doing all the things that I've done in my career. I've done a lot of different jobs, including sales leadership, nursing leadership, nursing education, coaching, and healthcare consulting. There's always this deeper calling that I couldn't quite put my finger on that I needed to be doing. And that was really looking at the nursing profession in general and helping not only nursing students, but existing nurses 
to be content and empowered to live in their profession the way they wanted to. So that's what I have been doing for the last few weeks. It is January 2nd. It's hard to believe the holidays are over. There was some great times during the holidays and also some hard holidays are hard for a lot of people, mostly because it brings up a lot of bittersweet memories and also just some people are lonely, some people are sick. It's just a hard time for, for all of us. I worked a lot during the holiday season and that felt good to be around patients that come in and have been coming in routinely over the past several months. Always a time when gifts are abundant from all the patients and families that want to thank the nurses that are taking care of them. So in that way, it was a it was a nice time and joyous time to be at work. But it did get me thinking about, you know, what would I say to this question about my own story around what my brand is or who I believe I I am in the world. And it reminded me of where I first started it <laughs> way long ago in 1981. I left a very small eastern Washington town called Okanagan to attend nursing school at Seattle University. And I still to this day remember being terrified and desperately lonely, especially in the fall of 1981 when it seemed like it was never going to stop raining in Seattle. And mostly I felt poor. Family didn't have a lot of money. My dad had worked for a large lumber company that had closed down. And so he was suddenly without a well-paying job right around the time that I was ready to go to to school. So the odds were not in my favor that I would have the financial means or the courage to finish a four-year degree. But I had received the Jeannie Lynn grant, which supported young people from rural areas that were interested in nursing, and along with a variety of other loans and a night job as a certified nursing assistant in a long-term care facility. I limped along sleepily through some of the mornings in anatomy class. To finish, to finish in the spring in 1985. I like to remind my two grown children of this story sometimes when they describe feeling like they're behind where they should be based on, I don't know, I guess the expectations we placed on them to be successful or to be grown up by a certain age. I guess they will have to learn in their own time that success is really not defined by what others expect of them. And having a set timeline is really like smoking mirrors. Time doesn't pass quickly in the moment, but the memory later is but a flash of a second in our lives. They are millennial children, and I tried to prevent them from struggling like I had, but realized later in life that the act of doing something hard and managing the fear made me who I am today. And I wouldn't have trade the experience for anything because it taught me to believe in myself and it gave me the courage to try anything I wanted. And nursing has been an amazing career that offers unlimited options outside of the hospital. And I took advantage of a lot of the different opportunities that came my way. School taught me I could push through fear, <laughs> uh, but childbirth taught me I could survive unimaginable pain. When something hard comes along, I try to tell myself that I have done hard things and I will continue to do hard things and I will survive. And despite being afraid, I know I am safe and will be more confident on the other side of hard. My values and ultimately my mission started with the story of a small town girl. What would have happened if Jeannie Lynn, a philanthropist and founding member of Seattle University School of Nursing, hadn't funded a rural scholarship? What if my aunt, who was a nurse, hadn't pushed me to apply? In 1962, he started what would become his legacy by building over 400 nursing homes, assisting living facilities, hospitals, and medical offices. My first job was as a nurse's aide at the age of 17 in a long-term care facility in my own hometown, where I held the hand of a woman 
while she took her last breath. That experience would change me forever. This man, who was my father's age, and I were intertwined in a story that started the year I was born. I felt a desire to somehow continue his legacy. I started my nursing career at a university funded by him. His name was on the building. I wouldn't connect the dots of our parallel paths until I began to tell my story in The Nightingale Gene, which was published the year he died. The book described a five-year journey through burnout, paralysis, and my deep concern for the health care crisis we would face due to the shortage of nursing. He started a nursing school for a profession that was on the brink of disaster. Something was happening to me. I began to question everything about my career, my life, what I had accomplished, what I hadn't done to take care of myself physically or mentally, and whether I even recognized myself. I was waking up. The poet Maxine Cuman said, When Sleeping Beauty wakes up, she will be 50. Maybe it's true that women begin to awaken somewhere around that age. In Dance of the Dissonant Daughter, Sue Monk Kidd mentions the waking up that happens as women come into their own power. It could be spiritual or intellectual or both, but it's possible, given the pressures of college and or marriage at a young age, followed by housekeeping, childbearing, and or a stressful job, that somewhere around a woman's fifth decade, she has a chance to slow down long enough to look inside rather than out. Every woman's story is different, but my slow wake-up started around the age of 45 when I went on a bike trip to Italy, my first vacation outside the United States, besides Canada. It was hard to describe the feeling at the time, but the more I learned about the words we use to communicate emotions, the more I realized it was awe. Awe Awe-inspiring, awesome. It was this trip that inspired my brand messaging. Spin was a play on words that best described how I initially felt as I spun down the road distracted by stressful work and home thoughts that left me struggling to catch my breath. One would think that might have been from the effort of climbing mountains, but the inability to breathe easily had been a problem for longer than I could remember. I would later find out that it was a significant symptom of -of out-of-control stress and burnout. As I settled into the ride, it was impossible not to be overwhelmed by the beauty of the golden landscape, the orange vineyards, and the cypress trees lining the hillside. The slow spinning down the road did wonders for my anxiety, and I found myself rarely thinking about work. I was savoring the moment. I was waking up to someone I thought I recognized who was artistic and patient and compassionate, so different from the exhausted, stressed-out, fast-moving, fast-talking saleswoman I had become. A friend from England gave me the title of the book while I was trying to describe how nurses somehow inherit the need to care for others, even at the expense of themselves. I was describing how Florence Nightingale was in the middle of the battlefield during the Crimean War, single-handedly saving lives with no thought to the danger she faced. Mud, cold, blood, infection, death. The title seemed fitting. The book was written as a love letter to nurses and to the profession, but also as a cautionary tale of what we would soon face. War words are being used again to describe this current crisis in the trenches, facing danger, on the front lines. Nurses are used to working hard, and I'll go out on a limb and say we're also used to doing what we're told, taking what we can get, and being good girls. We inherited the gene. But what if we believed we were more than that? What if we set the price for the value we offer at a time when hospitals are paying four times our salary to bring in nurses with two years of experience to do our jobs? What if we negotiated for ourselves what we know we're worth? Scary words for good girls, and I know that to be true. I kept my mouth shut for years and was grateful for what I was given, even though I would seethe from the knowledge that a man working next to me was worth more than I was. And that's still the case, if you can imagine. But did I negotiate for myself? Not back then, but I do now. And so should any nurse who is in the current situation of fighting for her life. 
The story behind my brand messaging is probably a lot like many stories of women who have started to wake up. I was a good girl who worked hard and almost killed myself doing it. Then I woke up, opened my mouth, trembled in my shoes, and asked for what I wanted. It's been hard and scary and awesome, and I want to help as many nurses as I can to negotiate for themselves. When asked what I do or who I am, I tell people this. I am an artisan, a nurse, and a coach. I help nurses to first determine if they'll love their job or they'll leave it. And together we create and execute a plan to level up their careers by getting promoted, becoming self-employed, or by identifying alternative path to use their degrees in less taxing ways. My mission is to coach nurses to live and to act like entrepreneurs. My motto is, spin away the thoughts that don't serve you, savor the moments in front of you, and soar to your highest calling. A lot to think about as we move into this new year, 2022. So many of us are excited about the opportunities that are going to unfold for all of us. Despite the fact that it seems like the pandemic's never going to go away, things have settled into a new normal. And I hope for all of you a brand new year and a happy new year in 2022.